Welcome in to this very special edition of the Bengal Tiger podcast. You guys no longer have to listen to just me, Billy Embody, because I'm happy to be joined on the site and on the On3 network by two of my good friends in the industry and now becoming family covering LSU for the Bengal Tiger, Shay Dixon, Matthew Bruni. Welcome to the Bengal Tiger, fellas. Thanks, man. It's it's been a while. I mean, for Shay especially, but for me, uh, it's been a, been a few weeks. And uh, happy to get on board and get this thing started. And I'm I'm just uh, I'm excited for what we're going to be able to to do on this site. So let's do it. Yeah, I'm pumped. September first was a bit of a hiatus for me. I had three months where I couldn't really say much and just had to lay low and not work, but. Uh, I'm pumped, and I think LSU fans will will like the site. Anybody who knew all of us as a team before will get all that stuff again, uh, and obviously building it on the On3 network with Shannon and Terry and, and everybody up in the office who uh, are the best in the business. I'm, I'm pumped for to be a part of the team officially, and, uh, and yeah, it's been – it's uh, nostalgic doing a podcast with the three of you on the screen. If, if you're watching, we, we put it on YouTube as well. If you don't follow our, our page, you can catch the Bengal Tiger YouTube page. Billy, what's the plug there? We're, we're on day one. What's our uh, YouTube page name? Do we have that confirmed? Yeah, the Bengal Tiger YouTube. Just Google it. Uh, that was easy. Find it. We there got crack. Go. Well, we did have practice highlights. We're no longer going to practice now that the season is here, but we got recruit highlights, you know, that we shoot when we go to games. We got player interviews, coach interviews, all those good things, as well as our podcast that we're going to be growing in the video space now uh, that Matthew especially has joined us here at On3. I do want to take a second and thank Peter Rauticus, uh, our contributor, LSU student who started in February just after I got to On3. Um, without him, this thing hasn't gotten even really off the ground. I mean, he's taken a lot of the uh, leadership in terms of covering the team from the early going um, while I've kind of been able to focus on recruiting and, and the message board and things like that. So a huge shout out to Peter. He's going to be taking a bigger role in recruiting now that Shay and Matthew are here. Um, guys, this is this is so exciting. I mean, on three is as cutting edge as it gets from the NIL coverage um, to the scouting department that I really, really enjoy what they're doing in terms of getting verified measurements data um, as well as just you know taking that you know ownership of, of trying to do the ultimate best job we can ranking these guys and it's not always going to be perfect but look this whole network that Shannon is building this is the number three uh, one that he's done uh, the the third edition and he wants it to be kind of a you know the the final piece to his puzzle of, of growing these empires and I mean, just seeing it from the inside the last eight months, it's off to a terrific start. And September 1st around the network is a massive, massive day. And you guys are a part of that. Um, yeah, no, we're pumped to be here. And obviously, if, if you're listening to us and you haven't signed up yet, it's a dollar for a year. Uh, so there's no reason for anybody not to sign up. Obviously, all the podcasts, all the video element stuff will continue to be free, but uh, all of the tidbits and kind of inside team coverage and everything that you've grown to, to be used to with the three of us uh, will continue and, and carry on what Billy and Peter have been doing and, and build it in something special. But yeah, the Bengal Tiger will be running this obviously through the weekend for a little bit, but uh, consider it to be today only deal then uh, to sign up. But whenever you're hearing this, check it out. The Bengal Tiger on the On3 network. Uh, 
a dollar gets you a whole year of VIP access. It's no reason not to do it at this point. Big season ahead. Yep. I mean, film studies, recruiting, everything. Uh, I'm, I just, I know what y'all two bring. And then this is obviously my second year here in Baton Rouge, second year at covering LSU. It's going to be uh, a lot easier. Last year was a whirlwind. Like I tell y'all, like I told y'all a lot, it was like, I stepped in here and immediately the season started. They immediately lost to UCLA. Then Ogeron was fired. Then Will Way was fired. And uh, so, yeah, my head was spinning. But now year two, it's going to be a lot easier, a lot better. So I'm excited. Yeah, now we've got two more insiders to add to the message board as well, which has been really a key piece to this. You know, I appreciate all the people that subscribe in the Founders Club and, and throughout the last eight months and have made the message board active. Um, and also clean and, and, you know, not a safe space, but not a bickering fest um, like you might find elsewhere. We're going to keep it that way. We're really committed to that. We want this to be a place where LSU fans can come and enjoy the conversation, uh, chat with us pretty much all day. We'll have, you know, a, a day that we pick for an all day chat, but we want to be available to you guys. That's what you guys pay for, um, whether it's a dollar or whether you're already on that full-time $10 a month or yearly, um, you know, annual uh, $100 or so uh, that it is. I mean, we want you guys to get your money's worth out of talking with us, asking us questions. And, and um, you know, we want to make this a site that you guys could be proud to be a part of. And uh, we're excited to get this thing going. On top of the chats, on top of the chats, we'll also have a weekly mailbag podcast that only subscribers can send questions to uh, i believe we're probably i think we're doing every monday monday mailbag so um there's another way y'all interact with us i uh billy talked about the shout out and shout out to all the people that joined on billy when you got back it started up with on three in january uh you built a big already community that obviously matthew and i are coming to be a part of but if you're watching this on youtube billy you're rocking the hat i don't think uh, the, it's a Bengal Tiger Founders Club. There it is, established 2022. Nice print on it. Got the on three gear on. Matthew and I are wearing nothing. I guess we we blank shirts. Blank you got shirts. It. Just, despite this, I am committed today, but we didn't get any gear yet. It'll be in the mail. Couldn't send it to you before September 1st, guys. You know, no, I don't make the rules. No. I don't make the rules, but. You know, we, we signed you guys at 1201. That, that would be tampering. Yeah, that's tampering. We don't yeah. have any gear yet. No, it, it, not it, tampering. it only took about two days for me to get my whole swag uh, swag bag of uh, on three gear. So look for yours very, very soon. Uh, guys, yeah. we, we do have a game to cover on Sunday. Um, I'll be out as well at, at uh, DeSoto St. Francis in Texas uh, watching LSU commit Deshaun Womack on Saturday. Um, but LSU kicks off. Brian Kelly era at 6.30 p.m. in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome on ABC against Florida Caesars, State. Caesars Superdome now. Oh, Caesars. Oh, boy. Uh, hey, well, Caesars uh, Sportsbook, man. They're taking over. He's got to kick us some money, you know, to get that name right. It's still Mercedes-Benz to me. So. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. That was, that was the last time I was uh, in, in the uh, Superdome was when it was Mercedes-Benz back when – the 2019 team won its national championship. So. Mm. Caesar Caesar's just paid a lot of money for you to not mess that up, Billy. So <laughs> thank you, Matthew. Yes. Fellas, what you guys have been, well, Shay, you've been away for three months uh, or so. Matthew took the last few weeks off. What have you guys seen from, from Brian Kelly building this team since he took over? Um, and especially just over the course of the off season, you know, especially you, Shay, where, when, when you were kind of on your hiatus, summer of Shay, if you will. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I got to be there, I guess, for the spring. So I saw that initial foundation being laid and I went out to all the media stuff, just wasn't working for anybody. But I guess it's probably something now that everybody notices or has talked about a lot and kind of it's understood as whether you want to call it building the foundation, whatever it is. But I'll go back to what was it, day one of Brian Kelly. And now we're starting to see him talk about this be one of the things he's most proud of is the alignment, right? That was uh, that was the catchphrase of, of day one or week one of Brian Kelly was alignment, alignment, alignment. And fans have had fun with it, all that. But the reality is, is it's tongue in cheek for fans, certainly, because they're excited that Kelly, even when he was asked about it this week and he was asked about it uh, on Wednesday's SEC teleconference, what is the kind of one thing you're really happy, you know, with, with the program or the team now that you've had six, seven months here. And he said that alignment, he said, everyone's bought in and everyone's working towards the same goal. And I think when people ask and look, look, Brian Kelly has had success at the D2 level with the national championship. He's had success at the D1 level at multiple, you know, G5, power five, whatever it might be, Notre Dame, you know, a high level of football. He's had success and behind Nick Saban is Brian Kelly in terms of win percentage across the past few decades. So I think when you think about how did, if that's the benefit of hiring Brian Kelly, right? Like you're hiring a guy who's won everywhere he's been. And then you're putting that with the talent that LSU has and can recruit. And certainly the Louisiana talent base that feeds a lot of LSU's success over the years. If marrying those two together brings the success that A.B. Scott Woodward's looking for, what the fans are, are yearning for, I think what sums up how he's been able to maintain that level of stability is alignment, right? Is that at Notre Dame, all these guys bought in. Were they the most talented roster out there every year? No, but they would win 10 games, you know, and they would end up in a, you know, a BCS-type playoff you know, environment, whatever it might be, kind of right there battling to get into those sorts of things or playing in a a big game as, as we've seen him do before in the Kelly era. So I think LSU had to have that buy-in right away to set the foundation for what he wants to build and how good they'll be this year. We'll kind of talk about that here in a minute on the kind of on the end of the pod or some thoughts on the opening game. But I don't think this year matters as much record wise. I don't mean you don't want to be below 500 again for the third year in a row or at 500. I should correct myself and say, so you want to win seven, eight games at the least. But if you if that buy-in is evident and it translates to sort of on the field, off the field, everything, uh, I think that's key. That's what Woodward brought him in for. So for me, that's been the number one storyline this offseason beyond what transfers they got or who's playing quarterback or whatever it might be. Yeah, I, I mean – from Brian Kelly's perspective, I think you covered it. Accountability, you know, all of alignment, all those key words and phrases. You talk to players and even, you know, the assistant coaches on the team, and it's all very, very in sync. You know, everything is kind of um, in line with each other. And I, I think I'll take it a step further where it's really generated really good competition throughout this offseason and kind of competition that maybe we weren't expecting. Uh, I mean, if you go down the list, it's like players that we expect to be starting, like a Cole Taylor, a Tremont Shorts, like a Micah Baskerville, maybe. Um, we've seen at the cornerback position all of the competition with Kel uh, Colby Richardson stepping in, Seven Banks stepping in. I think the depth of this team has it shown itself to be better than what we expected going in. And so that's why um, I think that's something else Brian Kelly's brought in is that 
first year coach, nothing isn't nothing. You're not married to anybody. Obviously, Miles Brennan left the program and he's been there for five or so years. It's definitely brought a different energy in here. And I think that's just evident by the way, even if you look at Keishon Boutte's situation, right? When he came in and how uncomfortable Boutte was early. And now he's stepped into that role as the number seven, as the leader of the offense. And um, it's just been a wholesale change from last year. And that's why, yes, it is. I mean, accountability, all of those keywords are are definitely what we um, associate with Brian Kelly. But at the same time, it has built incredible competition across the board. And I think it's it's raised my expectations of this team significantly. Coming out of spring, I was at pretty comfortable at like seven wins as like a ceiling almost. Uh, you know, I think with Shay and I talked about it a couple times, like seven or eight wins, comfortable. Now I'm feeling a lot better about, you know, in theory, and I don't want to get too far into a season predictions because I know we have stories on that uh, coming on the site soon. But like, I feel a lot better about this team uh, going into the year because of the alignment, the competition, and what Brian Kelly's brought in that aspect. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm kind of on the same page with you guys. And it, it's hard because and I talked about this on one of the podcasts uh, recently. There are questions that this team is going to have to answer, but I don't know if it has many holes, if that makes sense. And I, I think there are going to be players that have to step up to, to make this season have a chance to be a 9-10 win type season. You know, specifically the quarterbacks, whoever it is has to play well, has to take care of the football. A running back has to emerge. I still like John Emery to have a big season uh, when he comes back uh, into the mix. And then you've got a talented wide receiver group. You've got an offensive line that has talent, um, at least on paper. Can they put it all together? Tight end position, question mark, I would say, but not necessarily a a hole. You have somebody in Cole Taylor that's played a lot. Jack Mashburn uh, made a couple contributions last year. Defensive line is stacked. We all know that. Linebacker has some depth. I mean, Micah Baskerville not starting is a big you know, sign of that. Um, and then you have the secondary, which is totally revamped. Um, and, and I think the scheme and Matt House is going to you know, really be key to this season. I think he's on the rise as somebody to watch eventually as a head coach. Um, just talking with people around the country, they just seem to really respect him. And, and the players and recruits um, you know, as well seem to really vibe with him. So getting guys to play hard for you is half the battle. And Durante Jones eventually got, had that last year, you know, a little bit spurts toward the end um, that Alabama game comes to mind. Matt house gets those guys to play just as hard. I I think schematically he's going to be in a better spot and then offensively they can get the ball to the playmakers. And, you know, from there we kind of see what happens. Yeah. You didn't mention uh, the uh, Brian Kelly who with Brian Kelly has dubbed as the next uh, Brock Bowers mason taylor at tight end i mean apparently he's the best tight end he's ever seen so if mason taylor ends up being at that level of player that could change this offense uh, significantly but that goes to what i was saying about like just new guys stepping up and it's been interesting to watch i think one thing when i'm and we're kind of just now rambling on different thoughts but when you talk about matt house billy i always feel like matt house lsu's defensive coordinator is the biggest tool pot in a positive way for this year especially out of the gates because if you think about florida state florida states and mike norvell talked about this uh earlier this week florida states played brian kelly in openers they know what kind of game he likes to call florida state can go dig up cincinnati's film from a year ago and see what mike denbrock's all about 
If they want to see what Denbrock and Kelly like to do when they're together, they can go find film for when Denbrock and Kelly, uh, Denbrock being LSU's offensive coordinator, who was at Cincinnati a year ago, <clears throat> they've worked together a long time before. So you can kind of match up and see things there. Norvell said they've had to go dig up like Kentucky film from his time before he was a linebacker coach with the Chiefs. They watched a little of chief stuff for the linebacker stuff where he was position coach. And then even dug into some of an old Oklahoma state film, which would have to be like, you know, eight, nine years old, whatever it is at this point. So they haven't really tipped their hand into anything, what they're going to be like defensively. Like we just know they're going to be multiple, you know, what kind of players they have, but what are they really going to do? How are they going to attack you? How are they going to defend you? Uh, I think that will be one thing early in the season that LSU's got an advantage on because I just don't think Matt House has any any film that you would you know put on the Kentucky film from four years ago, five years ago, and think that's what you're going to see on Sunday or, or you know whenever it might be. Uh, I think that's an early edge for LSU. I I know we're going to talk about the the Florida State game and maybe we transition to it um, from here, but I I don't want fans to be concerned if. Florida State puts up some, you know, 24, 28 points. Like, I don't think it's the end of the world. I think Florida State's offense is actually a little bit better than maybe most people giving them credit for. That's why the line stayed at like three the whole time. I think Jordan Travis is a, is a very solid quarterback. The running backs are good. If the LSU defense doesn't come out and pitch a shutout game one, I'm not going to be here like, I don't I don't trust it. I don't believe it. I, I, I still think Matt House is the coordinator that I trust the most on this team and I think he's the right guy for, with this personnel to to play the style that he wants to so I I want to put that little disclaimer out there if it's not if it's not a shutout if it's not a, a perfect game so to speak I'm, I'm still on the madhouse train how much do y'all think this game is still like if I look at UCLA a year ago LSU defensively obviously the coaching side of it didn't work out but they had players on that team. Like there were guys that were good enough to beat UCLA, but UCLA had a good quarterback who had some experience. They had some good running backs, certainly who uh, proved they could run the ball and they had a really great tight end. And I, I'm not sure Florida state's in that same spot. And even though they didn't have any bullet to call winners at receiver, Florida state's receivers aren't that great. And I think UCLA would have an edge in the O line. So I guess my point being is I would say that UCLA offense last year that they faced is better than the FSU offense will face this weekend. Oh man. Yeah. Definitely from a week one perspective, I would not want to play that UCLA team. That UCLA team just up front and running the ball with Charbonnet and those guys were, were really tough. I will say the, the Jordan Travis leg, his legs, that aspect of it makes it adds a whole nother dimension that, you know, DTR last year didn't, you didn't have to worry about as much, but I think you hit the nail on the head with their receivers aren't, terribly um you know worrisome uh but jordan travis's legs along with the run game and i uh, in the film story that i'll have out you'll see it in the rpos the triple option type stuff i mean there's just so many different layers that his legs add to it and for that reason i think it's i think they're comparable as far as difficulty goes yeah, finding a way to slow him down and, and kind of contain him is going to be key. And that's where you got to rely on Greg Penn and Mike Jones Jr. to really step up in that regard. And, you know, Brian Kelly even talked about Harold Perkins with his speed being able to do that. Um, they have options. And I, I don't think Madhouse is going to be afraid to kind of roll some different personnel packages and try to figure out what the, you know, the 
the right ingredients are early on and, and you know, as you make halftime adjustments and things like that, um, I, I think it goes back to being multiple. They've got different ways that they can slow a team down. Uh, it's about finding that, that you know, that the piece to the puzzle and piece to the puzzle and, and fitting it all together. So I think slowing down Jordan Travis as far as extending plays is critical. You know, last year he had a brutal game against Notre Dame. Um, and then rebounded to, to have a really successful season for the most part. Um, so you know, Brian Kelly's seen him as well, you know, even though he's, he's on the offensive side of the ball, but um, he definitely has probably some takeaways to share with Matt House, who's also probably watched some of that tape too. Um, I, I think LSU has a chance to, to start this off and, and, and win and, and, you know, get off to a really strong start to the season. I, I, I I'm just confident in this coaching staff over, especially the first, five coaching staffs they face. I think top to bottom, they're just a better group with a little bit more talent too. Yeah, no, I, I mean, the first five games of the year are what's going to you know dictate. And that's where, um, you know, that's a little preview for my season prediction piece. But uh, yeah, the first five games are the ones where you have th- this Florida State one, Mississippi State, and then Auburn and um, in there as the three big games. That's, that's where we're going to see. We're going to see real early. And even though you have the two, the Southern and the the New Mexico game sprinkled in there. It's definitely something that I'm uh, looking forward to seeing is how they play in this, uh, in this opener. I think one thing too, that because we're talking about a Florida state team that does not match what you think of when you think of Florida state, right. And and certainly Florida state hasn't been at that level. They've won it in and and have had a, a wave of coaching changes because of it, but it's, like the SEC is a little bit of that this year. Obviously, LSU fits into that category. But in my opinion, Auburn is not going to be a good football team. I don't think they're very deep. I don't think they have a ton of talent that you would normally see on an Auburn football team. And on the contrary, I think Mississippi State, like a team like that early in the season, returns a quarterback that's very comfortable in Leach's system. I think they return like eight or nine starters on both sides of the ball. Like Zach Arnett, their D.C., has been there a few years. He's got those guys settled in. Like, this might be one of the more talented, you know, this could be an 8-9 win Mississippi State team. So, it'll be a fun season, in a sense. If, if you're an LSU fan, you will just buy into the mindset, which is reality here, so just brace yourself for it, that you're not winning 10, 11, 12 games. And if they win 10 games, Brian Kelly should be coach of the year. So, if you're okay, yeah, if you're okay with that, and you're going to say, if we can win 7, 8, 9 games and show improvement, that'll be great. Well, you fit into that category where I think this year it makes a lot of the games really all must see. I mean, LSU is not going to be favored in a lot of these games, but they could go out and beat it, beat up on an Auburn and turn around and lose to state. And it not be because all of a sudden they played bad. I just think that the sec has some just kind of different shuffling to the levels of things. And if, as you get later in the season, like Arkansas would be that case in point, like people think, yeah, Arkansas can win nine games. Like that's an expectation when that would be considered one of Arkansas's best years ever, uh, not long ago. So the old misses of the world, you know, I just, I think it's going to be a fun season to watch. And when you lump a Florida state team that you're kind of like, are they even good or do they suck again into the whole kind of conversation? Yeah. Um, it makes every game sort of must watch. Like I said, it, there aren't any games this year where she's headed into it that matter where there's some, you know, seven, 10, 13 point favorite. It's like all they can do is mess this up. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's like every game is going to be like a field goal 
spread. Like it's going to be three, four, five point spread across the board. It's going to be very interesting. Like regardless of how the season really plays out, just because <clears throat> of LSU's talent level and their like Brian Kelly, a head coach, like I can't see them going to Tennessee and being like a 12 point dog. Like that just will never happen. So it makes for a really interesting year. That's That's for sure. Guys, let's let's kind of wrap this up. We'll have our predictions, of course, for the game uh, on TheBengalTiger.com. Let's finish with one recruiting takeaway from Shay. You're three months off. Maddie B, you could just drop whatever you want at this point um, since you didn't have any time off. What stood out or stands out to you about this class where it currently stands in the, in the 2023 cycle? I'll kick it off. And also, I'll – well, I'll close out with a thought on the team. I'll come, I'll come back around so that I can say this before they play a game. I would say recruiting takeaway-wise, I like that as a staff, they seem to now be on the same page of it kind of went quiet, but they set this you know foundation again, much like the team. Like you, They built this foundation. They got to know all the kids. They you know put out their board, adjusted it. And by July 1st, they had five commits and were ranked number 50 in the country, basically. Now they have 21 commits and are ranked number five in the country. Well, what happened? Uh, well, across that month and a half, Domino's kept dropping of guys that they had put in the groundwork on. They had sold kind of their vision to and guys had bought in. And I think it was impressive. Not a lot of schools, and this speaks to LSU, obviously, not just the head coach, can have back-to-back 500 seasons and then just start the next season in the top five of the recruiting rankings and it not be like they're NILing everyone to death and, you know, it's they're going to get all the best players no matter what. Like, that's not the case here. LSU's not one of those schools that puts themselves into that conversation. I think it just shows that they've buckled in. And I like that they've come back to Louisiana, obviously, and, and cleaned up with a number of guys, and especially in the Baton Rouge area. I mean, Shelton Sampson, a receiver, Caleb Jackson, a running back, Shel- um, Ricky Collins, a quarterback, um, out at Zachary, Kylan Jackson, a safety, uh, and the list sort of goes on, obviously. I don't know when you'll be listening to this podcast, but Zaylon's heard a five-star offensive tackle announces on Thursday night at Neville and all signs point to, to LSU getting him. That's another one of the biggest dominoes you can drop in Louisiana. I like guys that it's clear they're going to try to sell this national brand, and, and we'll talk a ton about this on the podcast, but right now the D-line is a case in point of how they did that. There was not a lot of D-line in Louisiana this year. They went out and Jamar Kane got four of the top 100 players in the country who were you know, top five at their position on the D-line and had to do it in Baltimore or Minnesota or you know, wherever it was to get big-time talent, Georgia. Uh, I like that. So I've – I've got no qualms right now with their recruiting. So, these guys haven't signed. I could change my mind just like they could. But with the trajectory it's on now, I, I can't see anything as an LSU fan that I would complain about. I mean, yeah, you, you summed it up well. I think for me over the past couple months, and um, obviously I've been working uh, a, lot, a lot of those, but for me the ceiling, watching the ceiling of this recruiting class rise has been interesting and i i don't mean that as in like lsu wasn't expected to have a really good class of course they were but again if you three months ago if you ask i think any of us and if you ask any lsu fan it's like what where will this class finish most people probably say like eight to ten range i think that's pretty comfortable and oh, I would have, yeah i would have yeah. said a top 10 finish would have been like winning 10 games i would have been like that'd be amazing 
exactly exactly so that's why um you go from that to now with not only like a guy like potentially Zalen's herd uh but you got other guys like nicholas harbour you got a um javian taviano uh as other guys they're in on and that's icing on the cake because the cake is already so good at this point where even if they don't miss out on those other guys and they just fill out the class to 25 with a couple other you know solid players they're probably going to finish in the foot six seven five six seven range at worst at this point if everything goes to plan and then if you get taviano if you get those other guys you get a top five class and like like shay just said like that seemingly has come out of nowhere and it's complete credit to this coaching staff because while it it doesn't seem like they are a huge you know they're not the nio player that some other schools are maybe in texas they still have managed to wield that nil enough and pair that with the relationships that they have into a potential top five top six class so for those reasons um i mean i've just been extremely excited and extremely uh impressed with what this staff has done i uh i'll wrap up here with my thought on the team and i want to say this before they play their first game and this is not me waffling i my predictions are on the site uh i'll back up here and stick with what i think i think they're as we Matthew talked about earlier, I think this is a 7-8 win team. And I would say that's the floor, but it's not far from the ceiling. And I say that because of this. If things look – and, again, Florida State, like, it won't surprise me. Brian Kelly said this. He didn't say they were going to lose. But he said, week one doesn't do much for me to tell me how my season's going to go. Like, I'm going to have a different team in October. I'm going to have a different team in November. But uh, LSU fans should remember this. And probably this has never happened at any point in history in the LSU football program, at least not in modern history. They replaced the head coach, both coordinators, nine of the 10 on-field staffers, the strength coach and Tommy Moffitt, who had been here multiple decades, obviously, uh, through Saban and Les and O and, and obviously, you know, what, dating back even pre-2000. You're changing all those things. Then you took a record number of transfers for the program, obviously, more transfers than any other team in college football. You're starting a new quarterback, no matter who it is. You're got basically everything about the program, the nutritionist, you know, how it's run, everything changed. So like there's years where you just get a new D coordinator and all of a sudden you're like, damn, we didn't make a good hire there. Or this ain't gelling. And that's derailing the season. Brian Kelly is an unbelievable track record head coach, but putting all that thing, like marrying, marrying all of that, at one time in six months and then to go out and be able to expect a really competitive product and to look good every weekend would be earning his paycheck and some. So I'm not Kelly apologizing, you know, apologist here, none of that. I'm just saying if they go out and win seven games and look bad at times and look better at times, that won't surprise me at all. In fact, it's what I expect. The good thing is, we don't have to wait any longer, guys. Games are here. It's been a long summer. Wait, uh, do we do we have one more minute? We'll do this 30 seconds so we're not wasting people's time. For people who don't know, Matthew and Billy both came out of uh, the SMU and North Texas uh, communities. That's where they cut their chops. Billy's still cutting his right. chops on the SMU side. Uh, but SMU and North Texas grads, and this, the time we start, Thursday that we all start together, two days later, y'all two decide to have the football game. I looked at the predictions. So I'll, I'll, Matthew, 
Matthew, you could just answer this because Billy talks plenty of SMU. Yeah, let me talk. Does the main green got a shot here? Because I'm looking at absolutely. double digit favorites for absolutely. SMU. Absolutely. They absolutely have a shot. 10 point dogs is nothing. I Nebraska Northwestern last week with 13 and a half. I mean, come on, 10. Nothing. And it's a, and it's in Denton. Billy, you remember 2018? That's we'll we'll see how it goes. Well, we got a podcast coming over there, Billy. Yep. We'll get it going. We'll talk over there. Yep, we'll have plenty to talk about. Billy, are you predicting SMU? Yes. No, he's picking he's picking North Texas. Uh, he told uh, me he's picking right. North Texas. I said he's well, terrified. We'll- We'll revisit this briefly on the pod next week to see which one of you gets the bragging rights for the next year, or at least, or at least until basketball season, and then you can change the subject. I'm still holding on to 2018, Billy, so it doesn't matter. I'm good. <laughs> well, I that have that the rest of my life. <laughs> another another first first year head coach or first year uh, with the program head coach. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. A lot of talent in that one. All right. So. Yeah, I bet. Uh, <laughs> all right, boys. Billy, you want to wrap us up? You're the one who's been here and. Forever. by yourself sorry that we're talking all over you <laughs> no man what just what a run the eight months appreciate everybody who jumped on board dealt with me while i was away on the honeymoon they probably wish i would you know stay away and lsu could keep stacking up you know four and five star recruits during that time uh but so pumped to have maddie b and shay joining peter and i it's gonna be a blast tons of coverage content scoop video everything to come at the bengaltiger.com and uh, on three overall, I mean, tell your friends we're we're next up. This is going to be a lot of fun to see what Shannon and Co. Uh, continue to build, um, and we're just happy to be a part of it. Subscribe, a dollar for a full year. I mean, that that's nothing, literally nothing. So tell your friends, uh, tell your neighbors, tell your LSU friends. Subscribe uh, to the YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, all those things. Um, but especially subscribe to thebengaltiger.com. Thanks for listening to us blabber on about how excited we are to be here. Um, And we'll have all your coverage of LSU Florida State this weekend. So stay tuned on the site and uh, appreciate you guys being here.